The Antidote is joined by singer-songwriter Justin Gambino. Justin, this is a real pleasure. Man, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm so glad to be right here with you. Now, I got to forewarn you that I'm one of those boring people who wants to start at the beginning. So (laughs) how about telling us how music began for Justin Gambino? Man, that's not boring at all, man. You know, I'll go back pretty far. Um, I don't remember this, but my mom always said that I went to church with my Bible in hand and I would strum it like a guitar, like an air, <laughs> air guitar. And I don't, I don't recall that. But at the age of about seven, I started getting piano lessons from a local guy. And I thought it was cool at first. The guy could really rip on piano. He was amazing. But then it just got boring for me. I just didn't really care for it. And I told my parents I wanted to stop playing piano. And the instructor told my dad, he said, this kid is going to be an artist. He's going to write songs. He doesn't want to do it now, but he's going to do it later. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool to learn about that later on in life. And uh, so 15 years old, I remember my best friend, he had a guitar. And I wanted him to show me a couple chords. And so he showed me these two chords and a strum pattern. That's all he showed me. And I think it was because he didn't want me to be better than him. Because <laughs> he just showed me like he just he showed me like two chords, and so I learned that, and I learned one strum pattern, and I played every time I went to his house. Where's your guitar? I want to play it. I'd play that thing for half an hour to an hour, just play that two chords and that strum pattern. No singing, nothing. And a <laughs> long story short, I think my friend complained to his mom, and then his mom told my mom and said, "Y'all should think about getting Justin a guitar." And so it was the Christmas of my 15th birthday. I, I got this. I still have the guitar. Um, I taught myself at this point. You know, I just listened to like Dave Matthews, John Mayer, and I would just play it over and over. You know, and I would make my fingers nearly bleed learning, finding those pieces of the song, finding it on the guitar and just playing with the song. Uh, if I messed up, I'd start the song over at the beginning and I'd just start all over again until I could play exactly how they were playing it. So that kind of kicked off my guitar playing and, and my church uh, wanted me to start leading worship in the youth group. And so I started doing that. And then they wanted to move me over to the normal church service or, you know, where everybody's there, and, you know, you're on stage and playing. And, and so that's kind of how it all started, you know. And then, uh, man, before I knew it, I was writing songs. Um, I was working for Napa Auto Parts at this time, and a friend of mine, him and his buddies, they were into music, and uh, his friend had a studio, and every Wednesday night they would go to the studio, hang out, record, or just play around on the instruments, and he invited me. Man, I stepped foot in that studio, it was like three hours later when we came out, I walked out with like a little disc in hand of a a song that I wrote, because the guy was just like, yeah man, hit record, I played the song, and ripped it to the cd or whatever you know and handed it to me i was like wow i walked out and man that that just like lit the fire to write music to record music and that's whenever i really i felt like you know in my heart and my soul i knew that that's what i would want to do with the rest of my life that's great well then from being a kid in a studio on your acoustic then you moved on. You became frontman for Shattered Silence. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I remember posting about it on Facebook whenever I was like, oh, I'm going to the studio and I'm going to record a song. And a friend of mine that I met in college, he was a drummer. You know, we both knew that we loved music. And he, he commented on my post and he said, uh, you can't go to the studio without a drummer, dude. And he was like the original drummer that it all started with, with Shattered Silence. I was like, dude, this could be a thing. Like, let's just see what happens. And so we started playing at churches and we brought on a guitarist and brought on a bassist. And um, like, I never lost that drive. And so like, whenever I was trying to keep things going, but other people were moving on to different things in life, you know, for me, it was just like, I cannot not do this. And so it was 2017, I think it was. I kind of called it quits with the band. And um, for me, it felt like I was trying to open a door that I felt like God it was like shutting. And that was like a scary time for me because that was that's where I found my safety, you know, so to speak. You know, I, I felt comfortable whenever I had a band behind me. Even for my wife, my wife was like, I think it's time to do this thing, like part from a band. And I was like, yeah, I think so too, but that scares me. And man, and I can't believe that's been going on four years now. Ever since then, all the doors that I was trying to open just flew open. From the radio play to the interviews to the traveling, just the opportunities overall. Felt like I was trying to kick down a door before, but then it was like, oh, it's unlocked now. I can just open it. <laughs> you know, it was just. I guess that's the best way for me to describe it. Um, but yeah, it definitely was a change, you know, because Shattered Silence, I mean, it was easy listening. It wasn't really heavy rock. I don't know if you looked up any of this stuff. You know, I, I grunged my voice a little bit in some areas. <laughs> yes. You know, people enjoyed that, and uh, I enjoyed it too. And, you know, it's a season that I'm very thankful for that I think God used to uh, prepare me for what I'm doing now. But God also sent you in quite a different direction. Because I'd read that for a number of years, you were in the armed forces. Yeah. So everything with the armed forces, it kind of was like overlapping throughout the whole story that we just kind of walked through. Because at the age of 18, I was still playing guitar in church. I graduated from high school. I uh, went into the Navy and served an eight-year enlistment. And even in the Navy, like I look back now and that passion for music was still there because like I would play for my buddies and in my battalion. Um, I remember being overseas in Iraq and I uh, wanted to go to chapel and I just happened to go on the night where they were like, Hey, does anybody play guitar? Anybody know how to lead worship? Because we need somebody to do some songs. Mm -hmm. So I called my dad and said, Hey, can you send my guitar to me? I'll never forget how many styrofoam peanuts were in that box to protect that guitar. <laughs> it had to have taken me an hour to get that guitar out of there. And so I'm like trying to get it out. I'm like, man, my dad really got this thing in here. Good. And uh, so he sent it to me and I would lead worship. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm here in the U.S. Navy, Operation Iraqi Freedom. During the day, you know, we're doing our missions and on the weekends, like, God is still pursuing me. God is still trying to get my attention. Like, hey, this is what I want you to do. And then came home and started doing my uh, reserve time with the Navy to where I was just doing it like a weekend a month. Mm -hmm. 
And um, then it was 2013. The Navy was like, hey, what are you going to do? You know, you're nearly halfway to retirement. Like, I would be retiring in a few years if I stayed in. And that thought just, like, blows my mind. I'm so glad that I didn't stay in. No, I, I love what I do. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God knew what he was doing whenever he put that passion in my heart. He knew that I was going to love it. He knew I wouldn't have a regret going after what he's got for me. So I have to be honest with you and tell you that that was actually just a cheap segue into talking about your song, Fighting on My Behalf. Yeah. Because you sing in that song, you said, in this battle, I will trust you because I know that you're fighting on my behalf. Yeah. Did your time in the Navy influence that? No. No, not really. Um, not really at all. Um, I mean, my time in the Navy, I wrote quite a few songs. A lot of the songs that I released with Shattered Silence, not in this case, not for Fighting on My Behalf. Fighting on My Behalf, I only wrote it maybe a year and a half ago and then um, recorded it last year whenever everything with COVID started happening and felt like God didn't want me to release it right away. So I just hung on to it. And then at the beginning of this year, just really had peace about putting it out there. So it's like, all right, let's do it. Did COVID make things easier for you to create songs and record? Or did it stifle it? Um, yes and no. I wish I would have written more during the whole season with COVID. I mean, it's still going on. But I remember last year, whenever everything started happening, I had this tour planned out. And within days, hours, 80% of my plans were just out the window, as were a lot of people's. And I thought to myself, this is a perfect time for me to have the time to write. Because whenever I'm on the road, we're doing sound checks, set up, breakdown, doing the actual show, meet and greets. You know, that's just, I mean, it's always just going, going, going. And whenever you do have time to sit down and stop and rest, I mean, you're sleeping or eating. I mean, I bring my little setup with me. So if I want to record demos on the road, I can do that. But I never really get the time to do it. I rarely break it out of the van. So last year, I thought, man, what a great opportunity to, to write. And every time I pick up my guitar, I would hear this little voice in my head say, what's the point of writing these songs whenever you can't even get on the road to share them with people? Mm. And so that was kind of a hard time, but also an eye-opening time, so to speak. Well, tell me, do you think those big touring days are going to return? I think so. I think everything has a season. You know, I don't know when. I mean, you hear people say like, oh, it's never going to get back to normal or what is normal. I hope and I pray that things are going to get back to where they were. But for me, on a spiritual standpoint, I hope they don't go back to where they were. Because I, I feel like as followers of Jesus, I think we got really comfortable. I feel like I got so comfortable where I depended on everything I was doing and I was trying to do things on my own. And man, God really used COVID to sit me down and say, hey, you can't do all this without me. You might think you can, but I'm going to sit you on your butt, <laughs> you know, and we're going to have a talk. And that was me last year, man. I talked about this a lot last year. I found myself in this pause. Are there walls or there barriers or bars or whatever, like where I can't go left, I can't go right. And one thing that God showed me was, 
Those aren't barriers or walls. Those are my hands. And I just want to hold you through this. I know it's hard to make sense of this pause, but know that I'm holding you through it. That was an epiphany moment for me. You know, it was hard to grasp that and then also be still at the same time. Many Christians struggle with the concept that even though God is right beside them, that things don't always work out the way we planned. Yeah. And of course, there's death. And you deal with that in your song, Carson. Yeah. And the song also says, but since you've gone away, I've learned so much, such as facing my fears for those I love. So maybe you could tell us, like, what are those fears? Um, man, fear of failure, fear of letting people down, fear of not getting it right, fear of not being enough. You sure you're talking about yourself and not about me? Oh, man. <laughs> I hear exactly what you're saying. I'm totally talking about myself, yeah. As far as the song Carson, I really didn't know how to write that song because that was a song that I wrote for some people that lost their son. He was 17 years old, had leukemia, never saw his 18th birthday. And I never met him, but I met his parents. This was back when it was still in the band Shattered Silence. We were singing some songs in the lobby of a hospital, and we met his parents. And I remember God telling me he wanted me to write a song for them. And I was like, man, I don't even have any kids of my own. How am I going to write a song for a family that just lost their only son? It took me a while to write that song, but that was the way I could you know, kind of do my best to put myself in their shoes without knowing what that felt like. And um, the only way that song was recorded was God led me to share that song with them. And his uncle came up to me and he said, I, I want to pay to have that song recorded, whatever that looks like, because I want to hear that song every day. That's kind of how Carson got started. I still have people reach out to me to this day. They're like, this song just really speaks to me because I lost this person in my life. And you know, now, with here we are in 2021 and COVID is still taking lives. That's the worst thing that can happen to anyone with this virus is losing a loved one, you know? And, and so 2021, a lot of people can still relate to that song. You know, something that stands out about Justin Gambino, besides your awesome voice, is that <laughs> you're sitting in the center of the Christian music scene, but you don't have the typical CCM music. Yeah. You know, the type where the artist's songs are always singing about being on the mountaintop. So yeah. with your songs, are you trying to deliver a reality check? For myself, yeah, sometimes, um, and for the listener. You know, usually my songs start off with, if I'm writing stuff, it's, it's what I'm dealing with in that moment. Or if I see someone dealing with it. I've written some songs for some friends um, that they have no idea that that song's for them. Oh, for me, man, you know, writing songs is primarily out of just personal experiences of what I'm feeling. And I know that the stuff that I write isn't your typical CCM, what you're hearing on the radio. I think that's the main reason why I don't get a lot of radio play from the big stations. It's because it's not like that. But I really think that it's, it's important to write about those things because we're human and we're designed to have feelings. We're designed to feel emotions. I don't know. I, th I think it's healthy to dive into that. 
to write about it, to write it down on a piece of paper, you know, whether it's a poem or just a journal. For me, it's music. For me, it's a song. Do I want to be on the, you know, big stations? Yeah, I want to reach millions of people with my music just because I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to them. But for me, man, I just try to be true to how I feel, try to be true to what I create. Yeah, because you're right. It's, it's not your typical, always, like you said, always on the mountain. I find myself in the valley more times than I find myself on the mountain. That might be the, the struggle of an independent artist. I don't know. I'll never forget the time that I did this festival in South Dakota and Matthew West was headlining. And I remember this family came up to me at my merch table and they said, they were from Montana, I think it was. So they were a good six hour drive. And they said, yeah, we were so excited to be here. We, uh, we drove here to see our two favorite artists, Matthew West and Justin Gambino. <laughs> you know, it took like another half a second for that to click inside my head. I thought they were going to say, you know, Matthew West and David Crowder, because Crowder was going to be there. I must have heard you wrong. They're like, no. Like, our daughter found you on YouTube. She's been learning your songs on the guitar. We came for Matthew West and Justin Gambino. And I got to share that with Matthew, you know, before he hit the stage and after I hit the stage. And he said to me, he's like, man, that's so awesome, dude. He said, I know what it's like to be in your shoes right now. Just keep grinding. Keep working. Keep pursuing it. It might feel like you're alone, but you're not. I think he said at least 10 years, he was just writing and, and doing shows, writing and doing shows. And he was like, now I can't keep up. It's hard for me to keep up. But like, man, you know, it just felt like that, that break was never going to come until it did. Now it's like every day is a grind, you know, of trying to keep up. What a great encouragement having that family speak to you about that. You know, those, those moments on tour are just so cool. It doesn't happen all the time. Whenever people tell you things like that, that here I am four years later, that was the year that I left Shattered Silence. Well, I've been trying to get on that festival with the band, never happened. And the, the year I leave the band, they call me and they're like, hey, we want to bring you into this festival. I'm like, <laughs> what? <You know? laughs> and then there's those open doors that I've been trying to kick down that they just open all of a sudden. Partially the reason I brought that up is that you speak about struggles in your songs, like going under when you share. Take a deep breath, hold on tight, you're going under. Yeah. What about for you personally? Have you ever gone under? Oh, man. The answer is yes. Um, I wrote that song when I knew that I was supposed to be leaving the band, and I was hesitant. And God had already told me that it was time to leave the band to make that a thing of the past. And I'm like still praying about it. And God is just being completely silent. And I just really didn't feel like God was listening or speaking to me. And I'm like, all right, God, I feel like I'm drowning here. Like you, you haven't said anything. And that's whenever I wrote that song. I was running and um, those lyrics were coming to me. And I couldn't run back to the house fast enough. I was like, got to write this down and um, wrote that song because for me, that was a moment where like I came up above water and I got that breath and I'm like, all right, I know which direction I need to swim, you know, to the shore, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I can, I can see the shoreline now. 
there are times when I feel like, man, I'm underwater. Forgive me, Lord, for taking my eyes off of you. You know, whenever really he just wanted me to just say, hey, can you take this from me? Can you can you help me out here? I'm the person that does it the most. I'm guilty of it. I can do this all on my own until I can't. And then I give it to God. I need to be diligent of every day to where, all right, Lord, I don't know what today's going to bring, but I give it to you. Because I know that you can take care of me. I know that you can handle it. In 2018, you released your full-length, Journey Within My Soul. Yeah. Does the album title actually describe what you're doing? Like, is it recounting your faith journey? Um, I would say so. There's a couple of them that I wrote for other people um, that wasn't particularly about me, but I could relate to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like whenever that song started getting written through me, um, like If I Seek and Find, one of my favorite tracks on that album, like I can relate to that song. And that's why I put it on the album, because I can relate to it. Not only did a friend's story inspire that, but as I'm writing it, I'm just like, man, this is a journey within my soul. Like right now, I feel like I'm just, you know, I had to take this journey, this spiritual journey where I'm just like, all right, what songs do I want to put on this? What songs, you know, make my heart beat, you know, or make my heart beat faster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, nowhere in the song does it say journey within my soul. But it kind of makes the listener think like, I wonder why he you know, says it's journey within my soul. And it sparks that question. It puts that question mark there where the listener's like, well, what does this mean? And you get to talk about it. It opens up that conversation. Who knows? They might be going through the same thing. I heard a pastor recently say, I love it whenever people come out of the fire carrying buckets of water for the other people that are still consumed. Oh, perfect line. And, uh, you just never know when that question mark hits someone's head and then they ask that question. And it's like, well, this is what I went through 2018. And they're like, well, that's what I'm going through right now. Well, let's talk about it. Maybe we'll throw a pail of water on it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like journey within my soul for me was just something that I needed to write for myself. You know, this talk has left me wondering, do non-Christians connect to your music as much as a Christian would? I would say even more so. I've had people message me. I'll never forget this. This person messaged me on Instagram and said, I'm an atheist, but man, I love your music. Like your music speaks to me and I enjoy it. I respond to them and I was like, that's amazing. Thank you for reaching out to me and sharing that with me. Even though there's going to be things that we don't agree on. I've heard it said many times, music is this, this universal language you know, that everybody can understand. Everybody's going to feel something whenever they hear music. I don't know about you, but I love instrumental music. Um, I love listening to stuff without lyrics. It's kind of like my process. Whenever I write a song, before I record the vocals to it, I'll just listen to the music and see if there's any lyrics that need to change or the emotion of the song. Kind of prepare myself to sing softer here or harder here, you know, more aggressive here, like fighting on my behalf. That second verse comes in, and I'm like, this has got to hit hard. But at least for me, that part, I got chills. Like, I'm just like, that's my favorite part of the song. And I want that for people to do that. The day after I released the music video, my brother texted me. He's like, man, this part of the song gives me chills every time. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I love that from friends and I especially love it from family, you know, amazing support system with my family. But for someone to say like, man, this part gives me chills. Like, hey, that gave me chills whenever I wrote it. So if it can make you feel the way I felt when I wrote it, then I did my job. Well, maybe some people will have chills when they hear this gorgeous song that you wrote called Before I Go. Mm. You know, it speaks about being away from children as they grow up and missing a loved one. Is that yeah. fiction or is it personal? Um, it's not personal. I wrote that song for a friend of mine that I served in the Navy with. I was still in the Navy at the time. I was processing out. I was getting out. I was starting to pursue music. And that was going to be a song that Shattered Silence and I released. Believe it or not, this was going to be like a rock song. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. It had this really cool riff that I created for it. Big drums, bass, and really kicking. And um, it was maybe a couple years ago. I was writing for the Anchored EP. And um, I decided to revisit it because at that time I wasn't part of the band anymore. And I thought to myself, is this song supposed to be like this? Or could it be something else? And so I revisited it, and it is what it is today. I love that song. So my friend that I was, let me get back to that, my friend that I served in the Navy with, he was about to deploy to Afghanistan. Well, his dad had cancer, and they only gave his dad like three to six months. And my buddy was leaving. And I remember they asked me to come and play a couple songs at his, uh, they had like a barbecue fundraiser for paying for medical bills and whatnot. And this was one of the last times that my friend was going to get to see his dad because he was about to deploy. Mm -hmm. And man, thinking about it now just breaks my heart too. Trying not to get emotional on you, Dave. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just thought to myself, I couldn't imagine what that feels like knowing that you're about to go to war, and this is probably going to be the last time I see my dad. I kind of had a glimpse of what that felt like whenever I left for Iraq because I knew leaving in 2007 for Iraq, I was never going to see my grandfather again because he was, he was about to die. And um, on my birthday that year, I was in Iraq, and he passed away. And so like, I kind of got a glimpse of what that was like, but not my dad, you know? That would be a whole lot harder, I would assume. I wrote that song from his dad's perspective as best I could. So not completely fiction, but just kind of think about what I would feel if my son's going to war. And this is probably going to be the last time I see him. I can't that imagine was, that. That was, a, that was a hard song to write. You know, you commit so much time into what you're doing, into the writing, the recording, the performing. I'd like to hear you sum up Justin Gambino. What do you want to achieve? If I can share my heart and my songs with people and encourage them through the songs to bark a flame, spark a desire, to ask questions about God, to try to understand why you're here and what your calling is, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm going to be the, the kindling or the lighter, you know, <laughs> really what it all comes down to is like, I can't take credit for any of this because I firmly believe that like God just orchestrates all of these little pieces. He's the maestro. 
like, all right, this is going to come in now. That's going to go out now. This is going to come in for this part. He's orchestrating it all. I believe that fully. I think God is orchestrating every single little detail of our lives. What an amazing thing to be a part of. I think if I do my part in writing, recording, putting it out there, that God will do the rest. You're certainly doing that. Listen, Justin, thanks so much for coming for this talk. I really appreciate your time and your music. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you for putting this thing together and asking me to do this. So I appreciate you.